0: Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Saints Radio. It's great to have the privilege of being able to communicate with you once again. And we trust that we are actually communicating. I'm assuming we're communicating. Um, But um, it's great to be here with you from... uh, the beautiful city of Dallas. This weather is gorgeous, isn't it? Oh, yeah.
1: It's perfect.
0: You um, could
1: stay like this for the whole summer.
0: Well, actually, you know, we're, we're doing pretty good having it eek into April, but I'm with you. I agree. I agree. Um, that's, that's our weather for the day. We always have to do that. Uh, well we don't have to do it I lead us into it and it's always a weather forecast and now for chit chat Um, we hope you all had a wonderful resurrection weekend and um, it's good to welcome Monica back from her journey westward
1: We we were in Santa Santa Barbara, and for a couple of days. And speaking of the weather, it was cold. And you know, I think because of just that western sun, regardless of what the temperature is when you go outside, it still feels warmer because of the sun. But for whatever reason, I feel like I was from the time we landed. And the time. Not known. It's all right. <laughs> Spam is calling me. In the time I stepped outside of DFW last late last night, I've been cold. Just, yeah. So, it's good to be home. It's good to, it's always good to be home. It's always good to go. It's always good to, wherever we go, wherever the Lord sends us, and I know I've said this a dozen times, it's like, I never want to leave, but I always want to come home uh. <laughs> so it's, it's I guess the best of both worlds yeah anyway, Noah of course sends his blessing to all of our saints family and it's good to spend some time with my son and his new wife
0: wow that's that's nice I'm glad you had that opportunity to go and to enjoy um, you know it's just so funny you talked about the Saints family Pastor Robert sent me a picture of I don't know I don't know wh- how he he dug this up but the, the famous story of when he and I went to the uh, the big train station in uh, I think it was was it philadelphia or was it new york i can't remember where we were it's probably philadelphia and we went to see that amish woman and he he had he uh, he was going to get the their recipe for amish communion wine <laughs> remember that story and this lady comes out she's got it written out and he he asked her if <laughs> he thought that they they put the the grapes into a big basket and Stomped on him like I love, I love Lucy. Lucy, and when he asked that that lady get the weirdest look on her face, so he pulls out this picture, and he snaps it and sends it to me of that of that um, of that recipe, and he says uh, maybe Monica can use this recipe for our next Saints Network communion. <laughs> Make sure she washes her feet before she steps in the barrel to squeeze the juice out from the grapes.
1: So, hey, don't
0: tempt me. So he, he sends that picture of the, of the Amish uh, communion recipe. I remember laughing. Oh, my Lord, that was so funny. The look on, I said, we were walking away. We were just laughing, and I said, you've. You watched I Love Lucy when she and Ethel were in Italy and they were squishing the grapes. So funny. Oh my gosh, that was funny. He said, Well I didn't know how those Amish people did that since they're so you know, they're so retro. I do they have a certain machine they use or how do they do it? Their feet. Well no, she she said, we don't do that. She was so offended. Oh not offended, perplexed. And oh my lord it was so funny so out of the blue today he sends that to me so get working on it you know
1: you know me I'm always thinking about communion and how we can identify with the lord at that table on, on Friday because I wasn't here to partake of communion in the sanctuary which has been a, such a tradition for so many years we were traveling that day and, and we flew into L.A. and stopped to get lunch before we made the drive into Santa Barbara and I had ordered a Greek salad and it came with this pita bread, you know it's like flatbread, Mediterranean bread and, and so I'm sitting there looking at it I'm thinking I'm going to wrap that in my napkin I'm going to put it in my purse and I'm going to take it to Santa Barbara and tonight when we have we get together, I'm going to ask if we can have communion. We're going to use this peanut bread. <laughs> so I just very quietly, like, stuffed it in my purse. And that evening, I texted Noah and I said, could you have some wine? Because I'd really love for us to take communion together because I haven't had it yet. And uh, he said, sure. So. He gets the wine, and he gets this big, old beautiful loaf of bread. Well, I pulled out my little loaf of pita and wrapped it in a napkin. <laughs> and mm. I wrapped it, and I laid it on the table. I said, I really feel like that we're supposed to use this pita bread. And everybody was just like, oh, okay. So Noah goes to pick it up, and it's, like, hard. <laughs> so I could tell nobody really wanted to use my napkin-wrapped pita bread. But anyway, that was special.
0: Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's a, I know. I'm
1: always thinking about it. I am. I am. I'm always thinking about it.
0: Hmm.
1: I think that, I don't know. I was, I met my niece and her, my great nephew at Starbucks last week, just to spend a little bit of time. And he always wants to go through my purse and eat everything that's in there. I usually have protein bar something <coughs> in there. So he'd eaten the protein cookie and he'd eaten the part of the protein bar. And then he found this, you know, those little communion cups with the wafer that are, it's all one. He said, Can I take communion? So I sat there with him at Starbucks and walked him through communion with that little portable, oh, yeah, toss in your car communion cup.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Gosh, that's great.
1: Yeah. More and more churches I'm finding are using those little all in one. But the thing about it is, is the cracker, it's, it's like a... it's like a, it,
0: Styrofoam.
1: And I know it's just symbolic, but there's just, I'm, I think I'm just a purist, and there's something to me about actually using bread and wine, because I have to know that's what the Lord used when he sat at the table with his disciples.
0: Well, he sure didn't have Welch's grape juice. No. Or even the Sam's variety. No, and it's Members okay. Mark.
1: purest and me comes out and I just I want the real thing. Cuz if we're going to partake of communion with him at the table, we got to believe that he's at the table. And what would we serve him? Can you imagine if <laughs> Can you imagine if back in that day they had those little
0: I wonder if it's the marriage supper the lamb we're going to begin by communion. Ah, glory. And um of course they they'd have to have all of the saints at one table and all of the all the Americans who don't believe in ingesting any alcohol, they'll be over at the next table with Coca Cola or Doctor Pepper. You know, or Welch's grape juice. Um
1: not to change the subject, but speaking of Brother Fulton, He uh I don't know if you all know this, but he he has a nephew. His name is DeVelle. You know of DeVell? DeVell Crawford.
0: Mm-hmm. I he name. he
1: might be, yeah, related to Pastor Crawford over here. But anyway, he is a renowned jazz musician singer. And and from time to time Pastor Fulton will send me clips of him performing or doing Kind of a a show, and and regularly he has asked me to pray for him because he, I believe, is in New York and he's he's very 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 gifted, and so if you ever want to go, you know, you could you could look him up on YouTube and you could watch or even on Facetime, and and listen to some of his music. But he is really um, really good. And uh, just a couple, I guess maybe last week, he sent me a clip where he had played, I think Pastor Fulton is one of his singers, the the DeVell Crawford singers, and they had had some kind of a a gathering at Aretha Franklin's house, who happens to be his godmother, and they were meeting with her and singing some stuff, and I I was so blessed by that. I just thought that's I just think that blesses me for for Robert and and for his son, I know, I'm sorry, his nephew. One of these days we've joked about him actually coming cuz he does worship music, but he also does like like pastor Fulton. He does the jazz scene there in New York. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, but we're talking about
0: well, it's because of the the relic handwritten communion yeah. Um, well yeah. many are the many are the ingredients of this Saints Network and um, Robert is certainly a, a precious commodity in, in our hearts and <laughs> it's funny so many funny things we've shared together as this Network family over the years I think one of
1: my favorite things that I own in my life is that painting that Isaiah did of the Three terriers And you, when you and Pastor Fulton and Pastor Paul were up there doing your, what you call it? Whatever that was. Yeah. And, and Isaiah painted it and Pastor Fulton's feet. <laughs> it's just the funniest. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is, I'll have to take a picture of it and maybe put it on <laughs> the Facebook page. Because if you haven't seen it, it is... It is it is a piece of art. Um, we should probably hang it somewhere here in the church. It's upstairs in my office,
0: but I just it's one of my favorite things. Well, we were we put that up for auction for something.
1: In a seminar
0: for something. We were money. raising money for something. It was I don't remember what it was, but that guy from Montana kept trying to outbid you. Well remember he did. <laughs> yes. And when we went up to Montana, you go in this, these people's houses. see that's one of the great mysteries to me because they were they were so desirous of this message. All of those folks up there in, in Montana. In fact, they wanted to come under, they asked for the covering of the Saints network they wanted to become one of our network outposts and we said well we don't you know we, we explained to them we don't do covering officially we're not a denomination and um, and I remember going to their this this man's house where who wanted this this painting and they were playing all these Saints network audio files of their music and you could look out over the vista and this these huge windows that he had in their house and it looked down over everything and it was beautiful and in montana was weird because that's where darlene and uh her entourage came up there that's the first time they encountered um our message as far as in person and the place we met was the outhouse. They called it the outhouse. You Wait, know, I forget how many people flew up there, but I remember Ken and Ruby were were on the flight, and there was this <laughs> there was this guy who was sitting up toward the front of the plane, and he stood up and looked around, and he had the goofiest looking eyes. I mean, I'm not being critical. If the guy's eyes look goofy, they look goofy, and, <laughs> and Ken saw this. Ken was sitting about six or seven rows behind this guy. <laughs> so Ken stands up and looks around and making the funniest face with his eyes. And for some reason, I was I was in the back of the plane, and it was so funny. I still see that. Did, were you sitting back there with me? No,
1: I wasn't able to go because I was so.
0: I'm not, I'm just not used to you not being in things.
1: I I was not, she was, she had gotten diagnosed and I wasn't able to
0: go. Oh. They were doing surgery that week. Well, Ken, we called that the guy, the googly eye, the googly eye. And, but that's the weird thing. Now, here's where we come back to it. Sometimes we have these outrageous embrace. It's like the. This is what Jesus said, The people receive the message with great joy, and they sprout up, and then they're gone. And so many of them came down here for a couple of our seminars, and I mean, I, it's not like we took that for granted. We did everything we could. They were just exuberant about the message, all of them. I think the pastor's name was, wasn't it Biff or something like that? And, and um, and I remember the prayer time up there on that first night of ministry where there was a weird thing that happened some I was I was laying Paul and I were laying up on our faces at the platform and it was like a wind that blew through and knocked over the porticos that were up there and, and it was amazing that that happened and I guess one of them it was just a lattice work this is TMI. It just hit this lady on the shoulder, and it wasn't very heavy. It didn't hurt her, but she was just one of these overreactive people, which we've met in many places. And so the next day, we don't know any of this is going on. I didn't know any of this was going on. So you hear an ambulance pull up, and the uh, emergency medical guy comes in, checks her out. Well, then the next day, we had to spend the morning talking about why did that happen? Why did that fall over, and and so it was not on the agenda because we were teaching on reason Proscuneo was that what we was what we led with. The long and short of it is, I had to have this treatise as to, you know, how the enemy sends in attacks to try to detract from the message. And I said, the point is, nobody was hurt. I mean, you did this on an abundance of caution with the ambulance, but. She wasn't hurt, but she sure was spreading the message that I was there and this happened, and oh my goodness. Well, what happened? I mean, it was it was a really weird thing. But the point is, though, that then for a couple of years we really counted them as being ongoing active partners with the, the message up there in that big sky country. And then all of a sudden, sh- they were no more. Why does that happen? I mean, I'm not asking you. I'm just saying that you really have to view what Jesus said about the the soils and you you had to you had to really recognize that if you want to continue on with the calling of being sons, you have to stick to it. And you know, we've recently seen over the past couple of years the cares of this world take out people that were really called to be fruitful and but they they didn't make it. God knows what they're really doing now. That's between him and them. But, you know, cares of this world are not necessarily problems. Cares of this world can be things that grow out of you, that pierce the fruit. And um, and I know I've felt them in my life, things that were noble that or things that I felt justified in uh, coming out from my experience in the Lord. But the point was that those things, as I looked at them, could be we're basically going after the fruit and and I had to determine this is me that needs to be pruned uh, am I willing to eliminate that in order to go on with this thing that god has begun and but it goes back to that little sketch that little colorful Sketch that you have of the three Terios, and it goes back to Robert, and um, it's it's great to to continue on to see what God's going to do. Um, I led us down a really weird pathway, didn't I? No, I'm
1: just I'm processing what you're talking about because I know that. I mean, we've encountered those kinds of scenarios a multitude of times I, mean, I can think of so many beloved friends and family, saints family in France alone who have embraced this message and truly given their lives to intercession and fi- you know, praying in diversities of tongues and, and yet they seem to have we want to say, or from our perspective, fallen away because they're not actively engaged. And the only thing that we have to determine that from month to month or on a regular basis would be first Saturday. And and then when we go to these other countries to do seminars or whatever, which has been halted for a couple of years now, um, you know, it's easy. It's easy to be able to discern who's actually walking with you. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, those that have chosen other paths, it's easy for us to feel, I don't know, it's a, this, is a, this is a touchy, touchy well, it, subject. Well,
0: it's difficult. Uh, it, it's reality that Jesus clearly spoke of. And, and truthfully, it sounds almost self-serving, but like when Jesus said to his disciples, Will you also leave me? That also is a big four-letter word, which indicates that there had been many who left him.
1: what kind what, of technical what difficulty? what we need to do here um, what
0: is it saying
1: okay pastor said or Ruby said that she hears you talking on saints radio and then all of a sudden your voice pops up from the message from the Sunday message you say a few words from the Sunday message then it goes back to radio and it keeps going back and forth we have never encountered that before that I know of oh. but even just a minute ago I said should we shut down and restart and she said probably because it keeps happening.
0: Okay. For all of you who are uh, listening, we're going to power down the stream and power it back up. Okay? So... and somebody needs to tell Scott that this is happening. Okay. Hello everyone and welcome. Once again, to Saints Radio, it's great to have the privilege of being able to communicate with you once again, and we trust that we are actually communicating. I'm assuming we're communicating, Um, but um, it's great to be here with you from uh, the beautiful city of Dallas. This weather is gorgeous, isn't it? Oh, yeah.
1: It's perfect.
0: You um, could
1: stay like this for the whole summer.
0: Well, actually, you know, we're, we're doing pretty good having it eke into April, but I'm with you. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's, that's our weather for the day. We always have to do that. Uh, well, we don't have to do it. I lead us into it and it's always a weather forecast and now for chit chat Um, we hope you all had a wonderful resurrection weekend and um, it's good to welcome Monica back from her journey westward
1: we were in Santa Barbara and for a couple days and speaking of the weather it was cold and you know I think because of just that western sun regardless of what the temperature is when you go outside it still feels warmer because of the sun but for whatever reason I feel like I was from the time we landed and the time I'm so sorry it's (laughs) alright Spam is calling me in the time. I stepped outside of DFW last late last night. I've been cold. Just yeah. So it's good to be home. It's good to it's always good to be home. It's always good to go. It's always good to wherever we go, wherever the Lord sends us. And I know I've said this a dozen times. It's like I never wanna leave but I always wanna come home. (laughs) <laughs> so, it's, it's, I guess, the best of both worlds. Yeah. Anyway, Noah, of course, sends his blessing to all of our saint's family, and it's good to spend some time with my son and his new wife.
0: Wow, that's, that's nice. I'm glad you had that opportunity to go and to enjoy um you know it's just so funny you talked about the saints family. Pastor Robert sent me a picture of I don't know I don't know wh- how he he dug this up but the the famous story of when he and I went to the uh the big train station in um uh, I think it was was it philadelphia or was it new york i can't remember where we were it's probably philadelphia and we went to see that amish woman and he he had he uh, he was going to get the their recipe for amish communion wine <laughs> remember that story and this lady comes out she's got it written out and he he asked her if <laughs> he thought that they they put the the grapes into a big basket and Stomped on him like I love, I love Lucy. Lucy, and when he asked that, that lady get the weirdest look on her face. So he pulls out this picture, and he snaps it and sends it to me <laughs> of that of that um, of that recipe. And he says, uh, maybe Monica can use this recipe for our next Saints Network communion. <laughs> Make sure she washes her feet before she steps in the barrel to squeeze the juice out from the grapes.
1: So, hey, don't tempt me.
0: So he, he sends that picture of the, of the Amish uh, communion recipe. I remember laughing. Oh, my Lord, that was so funny. The look on, I said, we were walking away. We were just laughing, and I said, you've you watched I Love Lucy when she and Ethel were in Italy and they were squishing the grapes. Oh my gosh, that was funny. He said, well, I didn't know how those Amish people did that since they're so, you know, they're so retro. Do they have a certain machine they use or how do they do it? Their feet. Well, no, she, she said, we don't do that. She was so offended. Oh, not offended, perplexed. And... Oh, my Lord, it was so funny. So out of the blue today, he sends that to me. So get working on it, you know.
1: You know me, I'm always I'm always thinking about communion and how we can identify with the Lord at that table. On, on Friday, because I wasn't here to partake of communion in the sanctuary, which has been a, such a tradition for so many years, we were traveling that day and... and we flew into L.A. and stopped to get lunch before we made the drive into Santa Barbara and I had ordered a Greek salad and it came with this pita bread, you know, it's like flatbread, Mediterranean bread and, and so I'm sitting there looking at it I'm thinking I'm going to wrap that in my napkin I'm going to put it in my purse and I'm going to take it to Santa Barbara and tonight when we have when we get together, I'm going to ask if we can have communion, we're going to use this big bread. <laughs> so I just very quietly, like, stuffed it in my purse. And that evening, I texted Noah and I said, could you have some wine, because I'd really love for us to take communion together, because I haven't had it yet. And uh, he said, sure. So he gets the wine and he gets this big, old beautiful loaf of bread. Well, I pull out my little loaf of pita and wrapped it in a napkin. <laughs> And I wrapped it, and I laid it on the table. And I said, "I really feel like that we're supposed to use this pita bread." And everybody was just like, oh, "Okay." So Noah goes to pick it up, and it's like hard. <laughs> so I could tell nobody really wanted to use my napkin-wrapped pita bread. But anyway, that was special.
0: Yeah, that's that's a, I know. I'm
1: always thinking about it. I am. I am. I'm always thinking about it.
0: Hmm.
1: I think that know i was i met my niece and her my great nephew at starbucks last week just to spend a little bit of time and he always wants to go through my purse and eat everything that's in there i usually have protein (coughs) bars in there so he'd eaten the protein cookie and he'd eaten the part of the protein bar and then he found this you know those little communion cups with the wafer that are it's all one he said can i take communion so I sat there with him at Starbucks and walked him through communion with that little portable. Oh yeah, toss in your car communion cup.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Gosh, that's great.
1: Yeah. More and more churches I'm finding are using those little all-in-one. But the thing about it is, is the cracker. It's it's like a it's like a it,
0: styrofoam.
1: And I know it's just symbolic. But there's just, I'm, I think I'm just a purist and there's something to me about actually using bread and wine because I have to know that's what the Lord used when he sat at the table with his disciples.
0: Well, he sure didn't have Welch's grape juice. No. Or even the Sam's variety.
1: No, and it's Member's okay. Mark. Yeah, it's definitely, I know it's symbolic, but sometimes it's like the purist in me comes out and I just, I want the real thing. Because if we're going to partake of communion with him at the table, we got to believe that he's at the table. And What would we serve him? Can you imagine if... <laughs> Can you imagine if back in that day they had those little...
0: I wonder if at the marriage supper of the Lamb we're going to begin by communion. Ah, glory. And, um, of course, they'd, they'd have to have... All of the saints at one table, and all of the all the Americans who don't believe in ingesting any alcohol, they'll be over at the next table with Coca Cola or Dr Pepper, you know, or Welch's grape juice. Um, it's
1: not to change the subject, but speaking of Brother Fulton, he—I uh, don't know if you all know this—but he he has a nephew. His name is Deville. You know of Deville? Deville Crawford.
0: Mm-hmm. I Holy he name.
1: Might be yeah related to Pastor Crawford over here. But anyway, he is a renowned jazz musician, singer, and and from time to time, Pastor Fulton will send me clips of him performing or doing um, some kind of a a show. And, and regularly he has asked me to pray for him because he, I believe, is in New York and he's he's very, very, very gifted. And so if you ever want to go, you know, you could, you could look him up on YouTube and you could watch, or even on FaceTime and, and listen to some of his music, but he is really, um, really good. And uh, just a couple... I guess maybe last week he sent me a clip where he had played, I think Pastor Fulton is one of his singers, the, the DeVell Crawford singers, and they had had some kind of a, a gathering at Aretha Franklin's house, who happens to be his godmother, and they were meeting with her and singing some stuff, and I was I was so blessed by that. I just thought that's... I just think that blesses me for for Robert and and for his son. I know. I'm sorry, his nephew. One of these days, we've joked about him actually coming, because he does worship music, but he also does like like Pastor Fulton. He does the jazz scene there in New York. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, but we're
0: talking about. Well, it's because of the the relic handwritten communion. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Many are the many are the ingredients of this Saints Network, and um, Robert is certainly a a precious commodity in, in our hearts. And <laughs> it's funny, so many funny things we've shared together as this network family over the years.
1: I think one of my favorite things that I own in my life is that painting that Isai did of the Three Terriums. And you, when you and Pastor Fulton and Pastor Paul were up there doing your, what you call it? Whatever that was. Yeah. And, and Isai painted it and Pastor Fulton's feet. <laughs> it's just the funniest. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing it's I'll have to take a picture of it and maybe put it on the <laughs> Facebook page. Because if you haven't seen it, it is... It is it is a piece of art. Uh, we should
0: probably hang it somewhere here in the church. It's upstairs in my office, but I just it's one of my favorite things. Well,
1: we were we put that up for auction for something. In a seminar
0: for something. We were money. raising money for something. It was I don't remember what it was, but that guy from Montana kept trying to outbid you. Well, remember he did. <laughs> yes. And when we went up to Montana, you go in this, these people's houses. See, that's one of the great mysteries to me, because they were they were so desirous of this message, all of those folks up there in, in Montana. In fact, they wanted to come under. they asked for the covering of the saints network they wanted to become one of our network outposts and we said well we don't you know we, we explained to them we don't do covering officially we're not a denomination and um, and I remember going to their this this man's house where who wanted this this painting and they were playing all these saints network audio files of the music and you could look out over the vista and this these huge windows that he had in their house and it looked down over everything and it was beautiful and in montana was weird because that's where darlene and uh, her entourage came up there that's the first time they encountered um our message as far as in person and the place we met was the outhouse they called it the outhouse. wait, I forget how many people flew up there, but I remember Ken and ruby were were on the flight, and there was this- <laughs> it was this guy who was sitting up toward the front of the plane, and he stood up and looked around, and he had the goofiest looking eyes. I mean, I'm not being critical if the guy's eyes look goofy, they look goofy and, and Ken saw this. Ken was sitting about 6 or 7 rows behind this guy. <laughs> so Ken stands up and looks around and making the funniest face with his eyes. And for some reason I was I was in the back of the plane and it was so funny I still see that. Did, were you sitting back there with me?
1: No, I wasn't able to go because I was
0: I'm not, I'm just not used to you not being in things.
1: I I was not, she was, she had gotten diagnosed and I wasn't able to go.
0: Oh. They were doing surgery that week. Well, Ken, we called that the guy, the googly eye, the googly (laughs) eye. And, but that's the weird thing. Now, here's where we come back to it. Sometimes we have these outrageous embrace. It's like the. That's what Jesus said, The people receive the message with great joy and they sprout up and then they're gone. And so many of them came down here for a couple of our seminars and, I mean, I, it's not like we took that for granted. We did everything we could. They were just exuberant about the message, all of them. I think the pastor's name was, wasn't it Biff or something like that, and, and, um, and I remember the prayer time up there on that first night of ministry where there was a weird thing that happened some I was I was laying Paul and I were laying up on our faces at the platform and it was like a wind that blew through and knocked over the porticos that were up there and, and it was amazing that that happened and I guess one of them it was just a lattice work this is TMI. It just hit this lady on the shoulder, and it wasn't very heavy. It didn't hurt her, but she was just one of these overreactive people, which we've met in many places. And so the next day, we don't know any of this is going on. I didn't know any of this was going on. So you hear an ambulance pull up, and the uh, emergency medical guy comes in, checks her out. Well, then the next day, we had to spend the morning talking about why did that happen? Why did that fall over and and so it was not on the agenda because we were teaching on reason Procinea was that what we was what we led with The long and short of it is I had to have this treatise as to you know how the enemy sends in attacks to try to detract from the message and I said the point is nobody was hurt. I mean you did this out of an abundance of caution with the ambulance but she wasn't hurt, but she sure was spreading the message that I was there and this happened and, oh, my goodness. Well, what happened? I mean, it was it was a really weird thing. But the point is, though, that then for a couple of years, we really counted them as being ongoing active partners with the, the message up there in that big sky country. And then all of a sudden, sh- they were no more. Why does that happen? I mean, I'm not asking you. I'm just saying that you really have to view what Jesus said about the the soils and you you had to you had to really recognize that if you want to continue on with the calling of being sons, you have to stick to it. And you know, we've recently seen, over the past couple of years, the cares of this world take out people that were really called to be fruitful, and but they they didn't make it. God knows what they're really doing now. That's between him and them. But, you know, cares of this world are not necessarily problems. Cares of this world can be things that grow out of you, that pierce the fruit. And um, and I know I've felt them in my life, things that were noble that or things that I felt justified in uh, coming out from my experience in the Lord. But the point was that those things, as I looked at them, could be we're basically going after the fruit and and I had to determine this is me that needs to be pruned uh, am I willing to eliminate that in order to go on with this thing that god has begun and but it goes back to that little sketch that little colorful Sketch that you have of the three Terios, and it goes back to Robert, and um, it's it's great to to continue on to see what God's going to do. Um, I led us down a really weird pathway, didn't I? No,
1: I'm just I'm processing what you're talking about because I know that. I mean, we've encountered those kinds of scenarios, a multitude of times. I mean, I can think of so many beloved friends and family, saints' family, in France alone, who have embraced this message and truly given their lives to intercession and, fi- you know, praying in diversities of tongues. And, and yet they seem to have we want to say, or from our perspective, fallen away because they're not actively engaged. And the only thing that we have to determine that from month to month or on a regular basis would be first Saturday. And, and then when we go to these other countries to do seminars or whatever, which has been halted for a couple of years now, um, you know, it's easy. It's easy to be able to discern who's actually walking with you. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, those that have chosen other paths, it's easy for us to feel, I don't know, it's a, this, is a, this is a touchy touch well, it, subject. Well,
0: it's difficult. Uh, it, it's reality that Jesus clearly spoke of. And, and truthfully, it sounds almost self-serving, but like when Jesus said to his disciples, will you also leave me? That also is a big four-letter word, which indicates that there had been many who left him.
1: What kind of technical difficulty?
0: What is it saying?
1: Okay. Pastor said, or Ruby said that she hears you talking on Saints Radio and then all of a sudden your voice pops up from the message from the Sunday message. You say a few words from the Sunday message, then it goes back to radio and it keeps going back and forth. We have never encountered that before that I know of. Oh. But even just a minute ago, I said, should we shut down and restart and she said probably because it keeps happening
0: okay for all of you who are uh, listening we're going to power down the stream and power it back up okay so and somebody needs to tell scott that this is happening okay